verses 16 and 17, which is to live unashamed because of the good news. And I don't know why Paul does it this way, but then he goes on to the bad news. And you can't have good news without bad news. And so many times we try to ignore that, especially when it comes to God, and, and, and we can't. That song, It Is Well With My Soul, if you looked at the hymn history on that, the, the man that wrote that, his family was crossing the Atlantic Ocean, I think, to come to America. And I know you'll fact check me. It's been a while since I looked it up, but it's pretty close. The ship went down. He went across the ocean in another ship, and at the very spot where his family, the ship went down, and he lost his wife and children, he wrote the song, It Is Well. I hope that gives you some more deep uh, depth there on the fact that he wrote that not when things were going well, but when things were horrible. And so, bad news. We got a lot last week. We've got a lot in the past year and a half, and it doesn't seem to stop. And I do not get any stock in telling you about the world and everything in it, but just stop listening to anything else and listen to that podcast, and you'll be refreshed to hear the news but not be inundated by either side. And I'll help you with that. I think there's a link on our website. Do not get any money for that. But I made a decision at the beginning of this year. I've got to get news that is accurate, where people are just reporting, and I need the facts. And this is Christian-based. They've been around for 10 years. And you'll be able to hear the news, turn off, turn on, and be able to not be consumed by it. And they give you good news, too. So anyway, but bad news, it's common. And kind of like... Uh, that movie, you can't handle the truth sometimes. It's hard to handle bad news. I don't want to hear bad news. And, and you know, feel like you're drowning in it. You struggle to process it, to deal with it, to handle it. I've been reading through Job, so I'll probably be doing some sermons on that. Job totally crushes the false theology of this bad thing's happening to you because you did something bad. There is a sowing and reaping principle. We're going to get into that today. But guess what? Good things happen... I mean, bad things happen to good people. Proverbs says the same rain falls on the just and the unjust because we live in a fallen world. And I'm not making light of that. I hate it when that happens to people. But we need to, if we're going to have a biblical worldview that we're going to see the world through the Bible, we need to understand, that's going to bother me if I don't do that, OCD. Um, we need to understand how God views the world. And that's how we need to see it. So you have a choice to reject the truth, reject the bad news, or face the truth. Your action step today is face God and embrace grace. Face God and embrace grace. And your points today will be under the word face. F-A-C-E. Last week we can face the bad news by accepting the good news that we can be forgiven, we can be restored, we're not condemned. By faith in Christ, this week Paul continues the importance of accepting the good news because the bad news is really bad. The wrath of God. God's anger. And only God's anger is right. I want you to understand that. There were times in the Bible that Jesus was angry, but it was righteous anger, and he didn't sin in it. So we're facing the anger of God if we don't accept the good news of the gospel. We're going to see how, man, how, men, how mankind tries to not accept and embrace and face God. They suppress it, they reject it, they substitute it, and they dishonor it. 
And we're going to see that in this section of Scripture. We're not here to beat anybody up. And if you're going to try to pick on one thing in this list of sins that are mentioned, these sins are outward indicators that somebody has not made a decision with Christ. They're an open rebellion. But they're going to cover some things that we're talking about today in our society. Some things where churches have stepped off from the Bible and they try to twist what it says. Or say that it's Old Testament and it was dated. Well, unless my Bible's wrong, we're in the New Testament in Romans chapter 1. So let's... I, I, this, is, this is probably going to hit all of us where we live. And it should. So the bad news is we face the perfect wrath of God. The good news is if we face this truth, then we can accept the good news. Christ took, took our God's wrath for us, realizing we deserve it. He took it. But why and how does man not face the wrath of God? Man tries to suppress God's truth. John 8, 32, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the devil doesn't want people to hear God's truth. And the devil doesn't want to... Uh, here, here Jesus is getting ready to be crucified and he's standing next to Pilate, the man that can release him or condemn him to death. And Pilate says, only Latin I know, veritas. And what he's saying there is what is truth. How ironic and sad is that? He's sitting next, standing right next to John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. This is where our society is today. Christians, you have the words of life and truth, and you're standing next to a lot of people, and they're asking the question, where's truth? Let's start in verse 18 and 20. For the, uh, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, unrighteousness of men, whom by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For the invisible attributes, naming His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. So first of all, the wrath of God. This is the righteous anger of God. You want God to be the judge because how many times, talking about phones and video footage and working with the police, and I'm so thankful that the, a lot of police departments now have the body cam, and I'm so thankful when I was uh, driving a bus that we had cameras on the bus because, no offense, in a fallen world, I don't trust hardly anybody. And they can say anything, and they've all got cameras, and you're only going to see a clip, but like with the police, a lot of times if there's something... They're, that person that puts that video clip in, you're only seeing the section they want you to see. But that body cam sees everything. And so many times you have people that are trying to, to, uh, to force the wrath of God, the anger of God. I had a point there, but I lost it. We'll get back to it, okay? But the wrath of God is God's anger, and it's revealed. It's uncovered. God, what I was coming to is that camera doesn't lie if you see it fully. God sees everything. He knows the intents of everybody's heart. So regardless of what everybody else sees on the outside, you're not God. And I'm not God. A good deacon told me, not one here, and we got good deacons here, but a good deacon a long time ago, we have good deacons, didn't meet that way, told me what happens when you assume. I'll leave it at that. Okay? <laughs> but, so the wrath of God is out there. This is what's going to happen because God knows Against some, no, all ungodliness, lack of reverence for God. Think about it. The word ungodly. 
When you're not respecting and honoring and doing what God wants you to do, you're being ungodly. We don't use that word much anymore, but it's basically you're not honoring God. And so when I don't honor, honor, uh, when I don't honor God, I'm unrighteous, and that means I'm doing wrong. And so notice what they did. They suppress. I couldn't think of a good example, but as you get older, you, you know how you have to have the scissors to open bags and stuff like that? I'm not saying that's me, but I have scissors handy, okay? And then you got the Ziploc, and when we have cereal, uh, me, a lot of times on the cereal when you're freshly opening it, I rip too far into the Ziploc, and you got this, that's what the clippy thing's for when you mess up the Ziploc, not that you've all ever been there, okay? But the older you get, sometimes like it may be cheese or something in a Ziploc, and you're trying to, or like if you caught trout and you're putting them in a Ziploc bag on your way home, you're trying to get it totally sealed, and then there's that piece of grit or whatever, and it doesn't seal, and then suddenly you got a mess. I know that was too big of an explanation, but the word suppress says this. You're trying to hold it down. You're trying to keep it in. I want you to think about this week, and I want you to chew on this section of Scripture, but how many times are you or somebody else trying to hold down the fact that there's an intelligent creator? The fact that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And so they're trying to put a lid on it, on God's truth. And the reason they are suppressing the truth of God is because, look at verse 19, what can be known about God is plain because God has shown it to them. Good question that comes about. How can those that have never heard know about God? And this is why we have the Great Commission. We're called to go. And I know that that's New Testament. But we see over and over again, Paul says in Acts and here, in times past. I want you to see how God came to Pharaoh. God, uh, God came to Nineveh. Jeremiah 29.13 says, if you, I'm abbreviating, but if you seek God, you will find God if you seek Him with all your heart. I firmly believe, and we're still seeing it today, if somebody wants to follow God, they see that there's a God that exists, that there's an intelligence, they will find God. Because you have God's foreknowledge. He knows those that are going to choose Him. He does not make that choice. I believe he gives us free will. And some people disagree with that. But if I have a God that makes me an automaton and chooses whether I'm going to choose him or not, I don't want to serve that kind of God. But God knows the choices we're going to make. And if somebody wants to find the one true God, he is going to bust heaven and earth to get the person to them for them to find God. He says that in the Old Testament. He says that in the New Testament. And so the reason we're saying this there, people realize that they're supernatural. There are so many shows that deal with the supernatural falsely. Whether it's entertainment or not. And people acknowledge, even like in the medical, when somebody's dying, they acknowledge the existence of a soul. They acknowledge that there's something beyond themselves. Doctors a lot of times will acknowledge there's no reason why this person should be better. And so that's what he's talking about. We can see the eternal power of God in daily life. We all know the effects of the wind. Praying for those in Louisiana, the effects of the wind. But sometimes we can't see the wind, but we see what the wind can do. 
And that's what he's saying here, the eternal power and divine nature of God. We all know that there is a supernatural, that there is a spiritual part of us, clearly perceived since the creation of the world and all things that have been made so that we're without excuse. I say the word intelligent design and intelligent creator because it amazes me how organized creation is. Creation and nature is not confused, even though man is. Um, I haven't gotten into bees, but I went over to my friend's house the other day. He makes knives. He's a character. I told you about him. And when I, and when I went over there, they're in the middle of getting bees out of their house. And they got a beekeeper there. And I kind of stayed there a little bit because I've never seen that. And it was up in the ceiling and stuff. And the person was, it was on the porch. It wasn't in the house, but it was pretty funky. It was interesting, okay? Well, anyway, just the person was talking about bees and just how intricate they are and the things they do and the queen bee and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not going to be a beekeeper. I don't want any of that. But it was interesting. How can you not believe in a God that even cares enough that he creates bees? Intelligent design. Not accident. Not by chance. And so... What he's saying here, there, there, there's no excuse that we can see that there's an intelligent creator. And if you see that there's an intelligent creator and you look for God, guess what? You're going to find him. And so therefore, you can see there's no excuse. Every society has sensed and produced something to say that there's a higher power or God or a reason. It's built into us to search. But God is saying there's no excuse that you can't find me because I have shown myself to you. And I will show myself specifically to you. So God has shown uh, them this through, look at verse 20. The invisible attributes, the internal nature, clearly perceived ever since the beginning of uh, time. Like we said, talking about the wind, creation is clearly shown an intelligent design, an intelligent creator to be sought, no excuse. And so the first step in facing God and embracing grace, your first feeling is you've got to face the truth. You've got to get off the fence. How do we get here? What is it about? We've been talking about senior, uh, doing some senior trips. I'm not talking about high school, but that'd be fine too. But, you know, I would like to see a church trip to the ark. Um, and we might look at that like maybe next summer or towards that. But you, uh, uh, Genesis, uh, Richard, uh, Ken Ham, he puts those things on, talking about the fact of, 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 facing the truth that God exists, that He is the Creator and He is the Savior. We've got to face the truth. You've got to make a decision. Is God real? Is this the God of the Bible? Or is it something else? I had a point there. I'm all over the place today, but we'll get back to it. But we've got to face the truth, the wrath of God or the grace of God. And guys, I want to talk about more positive things and to help build you up. And I'm not trying to be... Uh, a, a negative here, but again, how can you have good news if you don't realize the bad news first? And so, suppress the truth. suppressing the truth is one thing, but man doesn't stop there. Look at verses 21 and 22. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were dar darkened. Ca claiming to be wise, they became fools. They knew the intelligent creator existed, that there is an intelligence. 
And in the days of Noah, that's where I was going, Noah's building an ark for 100 years, and every day they're going by and saying, hey, Noah, what you doing? What's rain? We've never had rain. If you go to the Bible, they never had rain until the flood. It's proven. You can, you can understand it. The atmosphere was thicker. The way the, water, the way the world was watered was different. And so he's telling them, we're all going to be destroyed from water coming from the sky. They didn't want to face the truth. And there's a reason why God had to shut the door because people pounding on the ark to get in. And if it was me, I would probably let them in. But God's a righteous judge. And this is His wrath of people that suppress the truth. Suppressing the truth is one thing, but they didn't stop there. Look at verse uh, 21. Like I said, uh, for although they knew God, they did not honor God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to buys, they became full. They knew God, they didn't honor Him or glorify Him, they didn't thank Him that, you know, we thank God for everything we have, and so therefore their thinking became vain. Think about it, vain. The original sin is the sin of self. And so now they're thinking it's all about me, not about God, and that word means vain, empty, or foolish. And so their hearts become foolish. They didn't understand because they're not, their biblical worldview, they're not saying, I'm going to see the world through the Bible. Christians, right now, it's not about Pastor Russell. You need to make a decision. How I see the world is totally in the book that I'm holding. Hopefully you're holding the Bible. And so they became dark and they can't see, and that's where the lost are. And that's where you are. And they claimed to be wise, but they became fools. And right now, we're considered fools that are Christians, and, they, and, and everybody's thinking they're wise, but in God's economy, they're not. Your next feeling, if you're going to face God and embrace grace, accept God, don't reject Him. Face the truth. There is a creator. Is that creator the God of the Bible? If it is, you need to make the decision, I will follow Him. I will... I will understand the wrath and receive the good news of salvation and follow Him as Lord. And then, and then it's not just a one-time thing, but there's so many times in life you make a choice whether you're going to reject God because it's going to be too hard. I am burdened for Afghan Christians. And I am angry on some of the... I'm not trying to be political either way, but I'm angry on some of the things that our government is doing that might not help their lives. But they made a decision that they're going to accept God and not reject Him. And boy, we need to pray for Him because their lives are on the line. But it didn't stop there. The ways they suppressed and exchanged the truth, we're going to see in three sections how mankind has rejected God and suppressed the truth. We're going to see in idols, in lies, and exchanging the natural for the unnatural. So, man's substitution of creation. Go to verse 23. We see idols. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Okay, a lot of you will say, well, pastor, uh, I, don't, I don't worship an idol. I don't have a statue or an image. And there's some forms of Christianity that they do. But we're not even getting there. And there's still some forms that people do. I... I 
I, we need to pray for Haiti, but if you study Haiti, it is, Haiti has been in darkness forever. And that is an island of two nations, and one flourishes, and the one is in utter darkness. And because deep worship of very deadly demonic things. That's outward. But you need to ask the question today in your life and what you observe this week, what are the idols of our world? What are the idols of our nation? What are the things that I put before God? I'm not against the phone. Phone is a great tool. But sometimes we've made that our idol. <gasps> You're taking my pacifier away from me that I don't have to deal with people? Okay, my shield? Again, that's a neutral tool. There's nothing bad about that. The gospel's getting out there through that. It helps me in everyday life. But we can make that our idol. We can make relationships our idol. We can, we can make our job, our bank account, whatever, a thing that if push came to shove, I'm going to go with them before God. Anything at any time that you put God second and you put it first as an idol. And so, notice verse 24. They, first of all, they exchanged it. And you're going to see this three times. God gave them up. This is why I want you to understand. This is free will here. God does not make you do anything, but He knows the choices you're going to make, and He works within that. And then the awesomeness of, of, of prayer, and we're going, to be, we're going to be heading that way of having some regular prayer things here, but the, uh, the awesome thing of prayer is a child of God can intervene at the throne of God and change the mind of God or stop things or delay things or make it harder for that person to go down that road. Awesome dynamics. But anybody that tells me how can a loving God has false theology? Because a loving God sent His Son and, it's, and if anyone goes to hell, it is their choice. And so I want, that, I want to unburden you on, you should feel burdened, I want you to be in heaven with me. I want you to be in the family of God right now with me so we can grow together. But you need to understand, you're, like I said before, you deliver the mail. And sometimes they throw it in the trash. And the mail that we're delivering in the gospel is not junk mail. But in a world that is suppressing God, they treat it so. But you know what? They keep delivering the mail where I'm at. And you need to also. God gave man the absolute right to choose their own way and gave them the freedom to live with the consequences of their actions. This is what we're not supporting in our society today. That Guess what? There's going to be consequences. And I'm not trying to pick on parenting, but we see that a lot. And if children do not grow up with consequences, whether at home or in school, uh, Proverbs says if, if we fail to discipline our children, we aid in their death. And I would add, we aid maybe in other people's too. Consequences. There are consequences to every action. They gave them up, hand, and that word gave them up is like you're handing, uh, handing a prisoner over to their sentence. Okay? Your sentence is... You face the wrath of God. You're headed for eternal punishment and separation from God. I love you. I'm here. Go for it. And you know, I, I like that about God because, again, if He just makes us do stuff, I'm out. 
why would, why would you want to love anybody that's just making you love them? And notice what he gave them up, the lust, the longings of their heart. Guys, I don't mean this in a bad way, but unless God controls your desires and, and your longings, our base sinful self will go for bad things. There is nothing good, Jeremiah uh, says, in any of us. And God has to give us a new heart. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I, love, I, I, I like what the gentleman said, and I'm, I'm going to be using it a lot. Everybody's bad, and then there's Jesus. That's it. What do you do? Uh, Romans 3.23, for some have sinned? No, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody's bad. And then there's Jesus. Thank God for Jesus, man. And so, their impurity, that means decaying matter, dishonoring God. And, he, and they, they not only did that, but look at verse 25. He gave them up to, li uh, to lies. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. You need to memorize that verse. That verse has helped me. I remember when I was dealing with some stuff and I, I was talking with my sister and she made a really good statement. And this statement goes with that verse. You need to learn that verse because of this. Anytime you're thinking about sinning or choosing to sin, you need to ask the question, what truth have I rejected from God's word and what lie have I accepted? What truth have I rejected and what lie have I accepted? And that verse is a key verse of, am I exchanging the truth of God's word for a lie? Am I worshiping the created, a person, nature, See, we need to respect nature. We need to be conser uh, conservationists. We need to take care of nature, but we need not worship nature. And we need not put nature above man. Because if you go to Genesis 1.27, nothing in God's creation was made in God's image except man. And we were to be good stewards of God's creation. But so many times you see people putting it before people, before God. And that's just one thing, but it could be entered. So the truth about, truth about God, creator, savior, good news, he's the judge. And they exchanged it for a lie. They worshiped and served the created over the creator. And what lie did, like I said, and it didn't stop there. They, they rejected God for idols. They rejected God for lies. And then they rejected God through replacing the natural with the unnatural. I'm not going to argue with you on this. You argue with God's word. And no, this section of scripture is not cultural. I know we have some young kids here. I'm not going to get that graphic. But the simplicity of nature, nature, when you go out in nature, nature is not confused about this. The animals are not confused about this. And I am not trying to be mean. I am not, and there's, if you think, well, we're just going to talk about homosexuality, wait till we get the next part of the list. Everybody's bad. And then there's Jesus. So if you're not on that next part of the list, you're lying, so you're on there. <laughs> okay? You know what I'm saying? Or have been on there. Okay? But I'm trying to help you Christians that if you're confused, and boy, he's going to hit us right where I live, especially in verse 32. If you're confused about any of this, you argue with God. This is not cultural. This is natural. 
I'm going to say this briefly, I'm not trying to be gross, the parts don't fit. And two of one kind cannot produce life. And that's nature. Do I hate anybody that's, 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 their mind is darkened by this? Do I want to beat up on anybody? Will I treat them with dishonor? No. I will love them. And if God gives me the chance to share His truth that they need salvation, I may not start there, we'll start there. And I like how Hosey, one of my mentors, said, it's amazing how God catches His fish before He cleans them. So many times we want to start with the outside sin that shows the real problem is their sin nature, which everybody's bad, and then there's Jesus. So, for this reason, verse 26, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and, and were consumed with the passion of one another, committing shameless acts with men and receiving themselves the due penalty for their error. God made man and God made woman. And what's interesting, we always say, follow the science. And I talked about this before, but watching a commercial about medication, and they're basically saying, if you have identified at birth as a male, you can't take this medication. Saying, how God has created you, there's some things medically that are not going to change. I want you to understand, science and nature always prove God true. And so if we want to follow the science, what he's saying here is this is unnatural. It doesn't produce life. Am I mad at anybody that has been confused and darkened by this? Not at all. There's no hate there. But we're going to get to the other part of the list. But Christians, you need to make a decision. Are you going to have a biblical worldview? And if you omit this section of Scripture or throw it off, I'm standing back because I can't. I didn't choose to preach this because I'm going to get somebody. God laid it on my heart because we can know of God. There's no excuse. His wrath is coming. We need to accept the good news. And so contrary to nature, shameless acts, receiving the penalty of their sin. Do I, you know, like I said, the same rain falls on the just and unjust, but let's talk not even about homosexuality. And I did youth ministry for 15 years. And we, did, we talked about true love waits. And I think before World War II, I'm not trying to be gross, but let's just get real. I won't get that into it. Before World War II, there were probably three or four sexually transmitted diseases. After World War II, there are 30-plus sexually transmitted diseases. I'm not even talking about homosexuality. And most of them affect women more than men, and they can't have children from that. I'm not trying to put anybody down. God's grace is there. But what I want you to understand, whether we're talking about a man and a woman or homosexuality, God designed us and our bodies for one person for a lifetime. Physically, chemically. But is God's grace there? Yes. A lot of you, anytime I've talked to somebody about divorce, nobody's ever said it was a good thing. And God's grace is there. But I want you to see God's ideal and God, how God physically designed you and how God spiritually designed you. And so... Sometimes, those sexually transmitted diseases, not always, because there's people that's gotten them through blood transfusions that they didn't do anything wrong. I go back to the same rain falls on the just and the unjust, and sometimes bad things happen to good people. But what he's saying is there's a sowing and reaping, and if someone chooses to sin, there are some physical things and emotional things 
that we pay for, and this is what he's talking about, in our bodies. And that's been proven by science. Notice, for, so receiving the penalty of, of their sin. And since they didn't, verse 28, and since they did not sit fit, see fit to acknowledge God, he gave them over to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. This is what, I, I hate to say you need to love about God, but this is why nobody has excuse. They can't blame God. He's not going to make you do anything. And God gave them up. That word debased means rejected, reprobate. It's talking about when you're testing metals and different ways to test metals depending on what they are and testing for purity back then or is this gold or are you, are you faking that with me? And they're saying basically you failed the test. And so their mind is darkened. Their mind is, is, is rejecting God. And so God gave it over to them. Your next feeling, if you're going to face God and embrace grace, we need to count on God, no substitutes. Face the truth, accept God, don't reject God. Don't exchange the natural design of God for the unnatural. We're not just talking about that because he's going to get into the rest of the list. Look at verse, facing and embracing God involves honoring God. Look at verse 29. And they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness. You really need to go back this week and really deconstruct this whole section of Scripture. And if I were you, I would start at wherever God lays in your heart, but I would definitely start at 29 and go through and look up every definition of those words. Because we're all there one way or another. Everybody's bad, and then there's Jesus. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanders, uh, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to their parents. Oh, he said that. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, foolish. Uh, I guess I did it again. I, I added it again. But heartless and ruthless. Let's look at these for a minute. They were filled with evil, that means wickedness and hostile activity, covetousness, uh, an itch for more, greed, malice, a desire to injure, envy, hate towards uh, uh, what one has, which can lead to murder, and strife, which means beating down, deceit, which means uh, baiting or luring somebody, being dishonest, maliciousness, uh, all things that are evil, gossips, which means hissing or snake charming, or uh, secret slandering. Oh my goodness. How churches have allowed gossip. And how they've destroyed people and destroyed churches. One church that I was in, that's where we had to start. Because gossip was reigning in the church and outside of the church. And anytime somebody's tempted to gossip, I go this way. Have you talked to them? Uh, well, no. You want me to go with you? And that healed that church when we dealt with those things. But so many times, we look at the last section of Scripture, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that one. If it gets in the church, they're all going to hell. But what do you do with the rest of this? Because they're just as guilty. Everybody's bad. Everybody deserves the wrath. And then there's Jesus. Slander, speak against, incriminate. Haters of God, show and fill hatred towards God. We're there. They had it then, we got it now. Haughty insulting, boastful, arrogant, prideful, inventors of evil. For you that are older, homemade sin. <laughs> and 
And people invent more and more ways to be evil that you say, surely? Really? And I'm not against crime shows, but there's too many of those. You might think about the ones you watch and there's good ones. But boy, you watch all those and you're not in the Word and you're not strong with God, you're going to see some really sick stuff you never should see, even if it's just actors doing it. New ways for people to invent evil. Disobedient to parents. Whatever age you are, you need to honor your parents. Foolish, without moral understanding. Faithless, beyond no promise or covenant. Broken. They, they don't believe in anything. They don't trust in anything about God. Ruthless, without natural affection or mercy. Go back to the Taliban. I don't care who's in office. You don't need to trust the Taliban. And if you understand thousands of years of what they're playing the long game... Women in Afghanistan have stepped back, and people, women that are into women's rights should be in arms about that. Christians are going to be destroyed and beheaded. This is on that list, ruthless, without mercy. Everybody's bad, and then there's Jesus. I'm on that list. Oh, pastor, not really. Yeah, you're on the list too. We just try to pick on the first part, the unnatural versus the natural, but what about the rest? And Colossians says, that's where you were, but that's not who you are now, and you need to remember where people are. And so many times we attack their outward sin, and we need to just, what's their core problem? They don't have a relationship with God. It's their sin nature. And it's amazing how when they get saved, He starts cleaning them up. Ah, oh, Pastor, I'm glad God saved me, and I'm, I, I'm glad... You know, I'm not there anymore. Hmm. 32 is the knockout punch Paul pulls. Though they knew God's, though they knew God's righteous degree, that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. I'm not mad at anybody. This is just passion. But this is where the American church is right now. That's not right. I'm not going to do it. But we're silent. We don't give church members the tools to understand why we believe this. I'm not sending you out to go beat up on somebody because of their sin. But you need to understand biblically what God says. And when in your silence or in your agreement, and we can be silent, we don't have to beat people up, I'm around people that are involved in this, and God doesn't lay on my heart to hit them in that. God lays on my heart to love them and stand for the truth and speak the truth when He tells me to speak the truth. But right now, this is why America is the fourth largest, uh, fourth largest lost nation in the world. This is why other nations are sending missionaries to America. is because of this last part. We are giving approval to sin. I love everybody here. I'm not against anything. But this is not right. And we need to stand for the truth. They knew, they perceived the righteous degree, the approval, the practice, deeds, such things deserve worthy to die, so the wrath of God. It is what, what this is, it's man's appreciation of evil. They're celebrating evil. They encourage others to evil. And, 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 and 
mourning should be their goal and they're rejoicing. It's the wholesale approval of sin. You can do anything you want. God's going to be okay with it. You didn't need to die for it. You're good. If, that, if, if this section of Scripture is not true, I'm going home. My life as a pastor would be a lot easier because I can just talk about butterflies and unicorns. You know? Would be nice, but anyway. Uh, the unicorn is a medieval symbol for Christ, but we won't get into that. Okay, but if, uh, your last point. If we're going to face God and embrace grace, we need to enthrone God, not dishonor Him. When you wink at sin, and when you are silent, you're not saying God is on the throne of your life. Now, I'm going to be really clear. If you go out today and say, I'm going to have to hit that person where they live, I'm not saying that. I have told you 1 Peter 3.15. Give a reason for the hope that you have, yet with gentleness and peace. I, I'm dealing with some people that, you, you know, I mean... I, I try to dive into areas where you know, I have a mission field just like you have. You, you, my job is to encourage and equip you so you go out. This is a spiritual B12 shot, but God has given me some mission fields. And there's no way God has laid on my heart is I'm going to hit you on your outward sin. I'm going to beat you up on it. I'm going to give you all this scripture. I'm going to make you feel bad. That outward sin is an indicator of their sin nature, and they never made a decision for Christ. So if you leave here and say, I'm going to go talk to those homosexuals, or I'm going to go talk to those... Again, everybody bad. And then there's Jesus. Build a relationship. Love people. Have your lines where you won't cross. And guess what? You'll get to that point where you give a reason for the hope that you have with gentleness and with peace. But when we're silent, or it says we agree. And I, again, I'm being overly clear on this. That doesn't mean you speak up and just land that person. But so many ways, our silence is saying we agree. It could be the thing of, I believe that there's one true God and it's Jesus Christ and He died for everybody's sin and that if we don't deal with our sin, we face His wrath. Starting with the general, getting the specific. So how do you face the bad news today, this week? Um, suppress, are you suppressing any of the truth of God in your life? Go back this week, look at verses 18 through 32 and ask the question, am I holding stuff down? Am I trying to zip up that bag of God's truth? Let it out. Face the truth and be freed by it. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Are you rejecting God in any area of your life? That's too hard. Somebody may not like me. I want people to like me. I want people not to misunderstand me. But in the end, if I've tried my best and I've done what God wants me to do, if I'm good with God, that's where I'm going. Are you substituting whatever for God? Exchanging the natural for the unnatural? Making excuses? Guys, I don't like this either, but we have got to become apologists. And apologist means defending the faith. And we've got to have hard conversations like today where we explain the why. And then just leave it. Go back to science and nature. You never see in science and nature anything that produces life other than a male and a female. Argue with that. 
and if this, if, if this proves true, then why do you have to take the medicine or you can't take the medicine because of your gender? Am I going to start there? No, but you need to ask the question, am I substituting? And finally, are you enthroning God every day? There, there are, are, there is one chair in your life, and are you sitting on it, or are you getting up and let Jesus sit on the throne of your life? As we stand on our feet and we have a time of invitation, you can come and pray or talk to me or use the, uh, the altar, but you need to come, lay down whatever you're carrying that's false in this list, or look at this week, and go and, and face God, face the truth today, and embrace His grace. He says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You may have never accepted Christ. Guess what? We're all bad. Accept Him today. Or you may have accepted Christ, but somewhere, somehow, you're not giving your all. You're not facing the truth. Lay it down and embrace His grace and His forgiveness. Lord, I pray you guide us today and that we're obedient to you in all things. In your name, Jesus. Amen.